when my heart is cold you're the heat for my weary soul you're the good in all i know in the mirror all that i see is your grace looking back at me i'm not the man that i used to be Everything comes alive 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 But emotions come and go in stages You love even in the changes One day I'm trying to PCC, how are you doing today? It is Palm Sunday, if you're yeah. watching this on Sunday. Maybe you're watching this later, but if you're watching this, you know, the day it was intended for, it's Palm Sunday today. Yeah. I'm Elijah. I'm Tanner. And we're so glad that you're here. I'm not usually yeah. with Tanner, no. but you have seen Tanner a few times yeah. at this point. Oh, for a while. How many would you say? Well, when you were out, I was with Ellis a lot. Okay. When you were doing, you know, your baby Oh, stuff. so you are like a recent. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, see, yeah, I was totally disconnected, yeah. so I didn't. Which is good, man. I didn't know. Which is good. Yeah. So you know Tanner. Tanner's old hat around here. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's your first time. Because if it's your first time, you don't know either of us. Oh, and we're glad you're here. We are. We're super glad you're here at uh, right now or at uh, when and you'll, there will be a moment actually in the service. We invite you to fill out a welcome card. This isn't for any other purpose other than to help us know how we can best serve you, yep. whether it's through prayer, helping you meet some needs, getting you connected in small groups, helping you find some events, answering questions, like all that. That's what it's for. So you'll find a link to that in the chat down here if you're on your phone or over there next to Tanner if you are on a computer, um, on a laptop, I mean. And uh, go ahead and fill that out if you're new because we want to be able to do that all that for Absolutely. you and help you out. There's a lot going on, too. Not enough. We don't have enough time to talk about it all. <laughs> no. So let me first on the front end say check out pccwire.net slash events. There are online events. There are local events. If you just attend online, but you're local to one of our campuses in Virginia, like there's stuff coming up um, locally that you can attend that's not just a Sunday morning. So you'll want to check all that out. Yeah. Tanner, I know you have something coming up like that. You said I we do. weren't going to talk about it, but let's talk about okay. it. Okay. Let's talk about it. All right. Well, uh, coming up, actually, this afternoon on the 10th at the Powhatan campus, we have an Easter event an egg hunt, but it's not the same thing that you think it is where you show up. Of course, we do it up differently around here. Yeah. But then, of course, we have Easter Sunday coming up next week on the 17th, which is always a big deal, and it's going to be awesome. But then even after that, on the 22nd, which is a Friday, April 22nd, here at our Powhatan campus, which is where we're standing right now, we will be having a night of worship that I am super, super excited for. Uh, it's all about refreshing your spirit because God is moving all around us all the time and we get to have a hand in that. But sometimes, man, it can be, you know, it, it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Sometimes oh, yeah. we got to recharge. Mm -hmm. And so that's what that night is all about. So I'm really excited yeah, for it. Yeah, you just get caught up in the in the motions of yeah. the week, the things you got to yeah. do, you know, take care of your family, mm -hmm. go to work, do all that stuff. There's, there's just a lot that goes on. Um, so setting aside, like it's an hour. Yeah. Is it an hour? Well, yeah, it'd be like, yeah, roughly that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe slightly over an yeah. hour. If, you know, feeling good. There's childcare too. So 
You can drop hey, the kid off. There you go. Get a break. That's come an sing about Jesus. That's an important note. Mm. Yeah. Meet other people who are excited about Jesus. Yeah. It's just a lot of benefit. So yeah, absolutely. You should come. If you got the time, it's Friday night. It'll be good use of that time. Yes. Speaking of good uses of this time, hopefully you've seen uh, the the previous weeks in our Come Alive series. Mm. If you don't know, this is gonna be this is gonna be redundant for some of you. But if you don't know how we like to do it around here, how a lot of churches like ours do it these days, are we teach in uh, what are called series. So mm. we we try and keep a like a thematic theme, if you will, going <laughs> through several weeks. Um, where we talk about sort of the same topic. Right now, we're in a series called Come Alive. And ultimately, at the bottom of it, we're trying to find the answer to one question, or how can we answer this one question, am I okay with God, the way we want to, which is a yes. Mm-hmm. So I had the opportunity to speak uh, last week on this, um, and then Senior Pastor Brian Hughes, who, who you will hear from today, spoke two weeks ago mm-hmm. on this and is going to uh, keep that trend going for Easter. Yeah. So if if this is the first you've seen of this series, you haven't seen any of it, go back and catch up. Mm-hmm. Because, again, we're answering that same question all of the week. So to get the most complete answer, you're you're going to want to you're going to want to see them all. It's like it's like Star Wars. You know, yeah. you're not going to watch episode four and then be done. Like right. it, it is it is its own little contained story, but there's more story to be told. Right. It's the same way. You got to see them all. And, uh, just like Netflix or anything where you can go on and find like almost a whole series and watch it all the way through. Yeah. By the time you're watching this, you can find all these messages on our website. You can find them on our YouTube page and you can go back and you can sit down and just binge watch them all. That's true. That's true. And everyone knows that The Empire Strikes Back was the best one. And it was the second one in the original trilogy, which <clears throat> mine was the second message in the series. That's oh, all I'm saying. That's oh, all. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, logic what I mean? would yeah. lead that direction. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, yeah. Don't think about it too long because you'll find a lot of holes in that <laughs> logic. Let's just move on. You know, we're good. We're good with that. We're really excited yeah. about all the stuff coming up. As you can tell, there's just a lot. Yeah. So I'll remind you: go to our website, check it out, click on all the links. Just. Just click on them all because you'll find great events. You'll find the ways to sign up for a small group. You'll get questions about who we are and what we care about answered mm-hmm. and all that. So why don't you check that out? But it's about time for the actual service here. Yeah. So would you offer us a prayer before I, we get into it? I would love to. All right, I let's pray together. To. Let's do it. God, we know that you transcend space and time. So wherever we are right now in this moment watching through a screen, God, we know that you are present with us. God, we know that you're going to be present in the room. And God, we know that you are moving all the time. So I am so grateful that we can all come together under that knowledge to be with you as a community in the way that you've designed us to be, God, to be together worshiping you. God, this season is so important for all of us because it marks the time where you came and you walked among us and you died for us. And God, that defines our lives. So we pray that you meet us where we are today, God, that the words of the message meet us exactly where we need because you know what that is. God, we're grateful for you. We're grateful for this time, wherever it is, whenever it is. We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Thanks for that. Thank you for being here. We're so glad that you're here. So wherever you are, why don't you get ready to worship with us? It's going to be a great day. We'll see you in there. See ya. At PCC, we take Jesus seriously. When he said, love God with all your heart, we think he actually meant it. 
So, we do. about God from passionate teachers. We make worship and studying the Bible a daily part of our lives. We wrestle with Scripture together and on our own. And we go wherever He leads us to help others do the same thing. Jesus also said, love your neighbor as yourself. And we think He meant that too. So we spend time together because we think relationships matter. We offer help when it's needed. We live generously. We give sacrificially. And we welcome everybody. We take Jesus seriously, but not ourselves. We're the least likely people with the most amazing God and a passionate vision to love God and to love others. To reach people who don't go to church so that we can all know God, discover purpose, get real, make a difference, and be the change. And we are so glad you are here today. Welcome to church.
has never been, there will never be a God like you, a love so true. There has never been, there will never be a God like you, a love so true. There has never been, there will never be a God like you, a love so true. There has never been, oh, there will never be a God like you, a love so God's love for us is so great. And God loved the world so much that he sent Jesus to show us how to live and how to love one another. And it's Jesus that we follow. It's Jesus who can transform our lives. And it's Jesus that we sing about today. Let it be Jesus The first name that I call Let it be Jesus My song inside the storm I'll never need another For me to live is Christ For me to live is Christ God, I breathe your name above everything And let it be, let it be Let it be Jesus From the rising of the sun And let it be Jesus 
Because of Jesus that we come together today and every week. And I'm so glad we got to sing about that together. I'm Elijah Shirelli. Welcome to Passion Community Church. If you haven't yet, take a minute to submit a welcome card. On that card, you can let us know how we can pray for you, serve your family, or provide more information to you. And I'm Mark Tapscott. And here's a heads up that later in our service today, we're going to do something that may be new to you. Now, Pastor Brian is going to teach us about it. Uh, but what you need to know right now is to get a piece of bread or cracker or a little cup, uh, some juice, maybe some water, and have that close by. And we'll give you some directions at the end of the service. Yeah, next Sunday, by the way, is Easter Sunday. Woo! We'll be right here online at 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30. Now, if you're considering joining us at a physical campus, make sure you check out our website in case there are some special Easter service times for your local campus. And today is Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter. It's the day that we remember Jesus entering Jerusalem on a donkey as crowds laid palm branches across the road intended to give Jesus royal treatment. Now, in our PCC Kids Services today, we're going to honor this holy moment, and they will wave palm branches as Jesus processes past them. These are some of the moments from last year's Palm Parade, and we can't wait to see the pictures from this year. You said Jesus was going to be there? I said that. Like the, the Jesus. It's the second coming? Like, <laughs> all right, well, I'm going to be there too. Jesus is going to be yeah. there. Yeah, I wish I was a kid again. Look, there he is I mean, in that picture right there. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Jesus is going to be there, I'm there. Either way, you should follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Make sure you get to take a peek at those because I love seeing them every year. The kids love it too. 
our PCC kids talk about it for weeks to come. And you know what else people are still talking about a year later? Hello? Hey, everybody, and welcome. Excuse me. Woo. Gentlemen, do you know what time it is? It's time. Time for what? Something big. Something so big. <laughs> Were you scared? Tell me honestly. Do you want to know what it is at the movies? What? At the movies. What's that? Very good movies. Movies? I haven't been to the movies in ages. Mm-mm. This is for church. At the movies. Church. Movies. The church. Movie. The church meeting. Movies. Inconceivable. We're a match made in heaven. Let's all go to the movies. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Yes, that is going to be awesome. I cannot wait. At the Movies is our annual four-week series where we explore the themes and meanings behind some of Hollywood's biggest movies and maybe a few you've not heard of before. It's so fun. It's so relevant. It's so awesome. And it's just about here. We kick off at the movies Sunday, April 24th, which is the week after Easter. And don't forget, it's a great time to invite friends for a truly unique and meaningful church experience. Absolutely. You know, movies, they're a great investment, great family time, friend time. They include great storytelling. But the stories we hear every day in and around our church, stories of marriages healed, purpose found, hope restored, and broken families reunited, those are the priceless stories. And those beautiful stories come together through your partnership in helping others connect to God through PCC. Because when you give here, you make space for the rest of the story at all of our campuses and even around the world. You can give now safely and securely on our website or app or through the link in the chat. We're going to take a moment right now to thank God for all the stories he's written and the ones to come. Mark, will you pray for us? Sure. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the stories, the stories that we get to hear of changed lives. And God, that only happens because of you. And so we thank you that we get to partner with you, that we get to give of our resources and our time and our talents to help change lives through you. And so we thank you that this Holy Week we take a moment and really think about what you did for us. And so we just want to say thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Stirring hearts are
This is what many people think of when they think of church. There's a certain look, stained glass that covers the room and tells a story, structures that tower and echo and are made of fine and rare materials. There are candles, maybe in neat, organized candelabras, or, or perhaps they're tiered randomly, one row behind the other, but all of them burning. And of course, the music. This music invokes the sacred. When we hear it, we know that it's part of something religious, even if we don't know all that it means. When I say the word ritual, these are some of the things that come to the mind of many people. Watch any movie where there's some religious or church-related scene in it, and it'll pretty much be like this. Now, if you've been around our church for a while, you know that we don't really do church that way, but, but it doesn't mean that we don't do ritual or that ritual is not important. It just looks and feels differently to us. What we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks is an age-old question, the question of how, how can I be right with God? Now, we've gone after this question from a couple of different angles, but today, we need to consider the subject, a subject that we almost never overtly talk about. And we do talk about it. 
We just don't use the word ritual. And before you you freak out, I, I promise you, we aren't changing directions here at PCC. We're Still the church we always were. We're the church who reaches people who don't go to church. And maybe you're one of those people. I was one of those people. So to me and and to many of my tribe, when I thought ritual, I thought weird, strange, creepy even. So relax. There will be no chanting today. What I am going to teach you, though, can be a game changer in terms of your closeness to God, your ability to hear God's voice, your ability to understand what God wants for you and what he wants from you. But before we get to that, I want to de-weird the word ritual in the first place and the concept of ritual, because you might not know it, but you participate in ritual all the time. Because there are things in our everyday lives that are just that. They're rituals, even if we never use the word to describe them. For example, let's say that right now we brought out a cake. And and it was a decorated cake, and it had candles on it. And written in icing were the words, Happy Birthday, John. And what if that cake was sitting right in front of me, and the candles are lit, and I look right at you, and I say, Okay, everybody, let's do it. Happy birthday to you. That's ritual, right? I mean, you learned that song a long time ago. You don't even remember when you learned it, and you've been singing it on cue ever since. That's ritual. Oh, (laughs) and John's going to blow the candles out. Since COVID came, we've never been more aware of John's tiny particles of birthday saliva covering the entire cake. We're all about to eat together, but hey, that's the ritual, right? When we meet someone for the very first time, Somebody extends their hand. The other person receives it. We're not born shaking hands. It's a ritual that we learn. We have rituals everywhere in our lives, rituals around marriage and death, holidays and meals, from sporadic and irregular to rituals that shape every single day. Ritual is important. So, Ritual doesn't have to be a bad word just because we make the turn and start to use it to talk about spiritual things. And it doesn't have to be weird, especially if we can grasp the purpose of the ritual we're participating in. So let's talk about a few that will help us in our quest to be right with God. First, I want to talk about the Bible. Now, the Bible itself is not a ritual. But to get to the ritual spiritual practice, we have to understand the tool that is behind it. This is our sacred text. It was written over a 1,500 year or so period by around 40 human authors, and this book tells a story. But not just any story. It tells the true story of a perfect creation that became broken. It tells the story of a God who loved humanity, the pinnacle of his creation. He loved them so much that he rescued them, or at least he offers a rescue to them. Along the way, we get to know this God, and we get to hear his voice, because while 40 human hands penned the words of the Bible, God is the one who inspired it all. Here's what the Bible says about itself. 
All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Righteousness, that is, being right with God, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this text right here, it explicitly points to the Bible's purpose, and by omission, it points to what is not the purpose of the Bible. What does it omit? What's not in the Bible? All kinds of things. People, sometimes I hear people say that the answer to every question is in the Bible, and I just don't mean any disrespect by this, but that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, in here is not the answer to everything. I can't find directions to your house in here. I can't discover the long-lost location of Blackbeard's hidden treasure in here. The secret recipe to Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich is not in here, to my great dismay. However, if you want to know the direction to joy and purpose and fulfillment, well, that's in here. If you want to discover the treasure of heaven itself, now that's in here. If you'd like to unlock the mystery of not having financial tension in your life all the time, that's in here. If you want the ingredients of an awesome marriage, the pathway to a better marriage, the roadmap for great parenting and right relationships and right living, it's all in here. So boiling the scripture down, this is how we say it. We say the Bible is our authority on all matters of faith and the practice of faith. The Bible is our authority on all matters of faith and the practice of faith. And the secret to unlocking its secrets is found, you guessed it, through ritual. Not weird, uber-religious, spiritual guru kind of ritual, but the ritual of reading the Bible, every day or almost every day, because there's something unique about this book. Now, the Bible comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and many of us have a physical one like this, and everybody has access to a digital copy that you can access from wherever you are, on your phone at any time. By the way, if you'd like a Bible, if you'd like a, a, a physical Bible, one you can touch and feel, we would love to give you one, no strings attached. They're in the atrium at every one of our physical campuses, or if you're online and you'd like one, we'll send you one at our, at our cost. All you have to do is ask. But even with all this access, the Bible remains an untouched mystery for most people. And we might nod our heads and agree that it's a treasure, but in reality, it's a hidden treasure for many of us. But it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, the Bible is really not some boring, ancient, mythical book that your grandmother took to Sunday school with her. This book is the primary tool through which God speaks to us today. It reaches back in time only to help us understand our time and ourselves and our world. So how does this work? It requires the ritual of reading, but it doesn't have to be a lot. And yet, for this ritual to work, for you to hear God, the reading has to be consistent. If the Bible is our authority on all matters of faith and the practice of faith, then I need to know the author of my faith. And I do that primarily through reading the Bible and doing it pretty much every day. 
Let me tell you a little bit about how this works. An example that's recent for me, just a few days ago, the Bible plan that I'm in had me in the book of Exodus. And it was the part of Exodus that described in really great, or in some cases uh, you could describe it as overwhelming detail, it described the, the construction of the ark and everything around the ark. It's like reading a set of blueprints in word form. And the thing just goes on and on, and, 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 and I'm doing this Bible reading plan. It's the two-year Bible reading plan, and it takes me 10 or 15 minutes every day. And, and, it's, and Exodus is just where I was at that moment. And I want to give you an excerpt and show you how God speaks through the Bible. So stay with me. This, this will only take a second, so don't check out. I'm in chapter 37 on this particular day, and it says, Bezalel made the ark. How'd you, have, how'd you like to have his name? Bezalel. Anyway, Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, a cubit and a half high. He overlaid it with pure gold, both inside and out, and made gold moldings around it. He cast four gold rings for it and fastened them to the four feet with two rings on one side and two rings on the other. And then he made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. And he inserted pole, the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry it. It's really hard, by the way, to read. And then ver- I skip to verse 10. Uh, they made the table of acacia wood two cubits long, a cubit wide, a cubit and a half high, and then they overlaid it with pure gold, and they made goldings, gold uh, moldings around it. And then one more verse, verse 15. The poles for carrying the table were made of acacia wood, and they were overlaid with gold. And I'm reading this, and I, you know, I've read this before many times, and, and sometimes like you do when I'm reading stuff like this, I lose the plot. I am, I'm losing my mind reading this because they're, you know, the purpose is to know God through the Bible and how he works and, and to hear God shape my life. And so I'm reading this stuff, trying to figure that out, and I pause and I ask God, what is the point here? I mean, what am I supposed to do with this? I'm not building an ark. And that's when you know, I, I distinctly hear God say to me, Actually, you are. And then I I heard God say, read it again. So, here are the key verses. Not all of it this time. Verse 2. Bezalel made it with acacia wood and overlaid it with pure gold, both inside and out. Verse 4. Then he made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. Verse 10, then they made the table of acacia wood, verse 11, and overlaid it with gold. Verse 15, the poles for carrying the table were made of acacia wood and were overlaid with gold. And I'm reading those pieces that God guided me back to read again, and I heard God say, these details about the ark, which symbolically contained the presence of God, These details were about its appearance and its essence. The craftsmen used acacia wood that would never again be seen. It would never be seen because it was about to be covered in gold. And I hear God say, I gave them that instruction so that you would know that I don't just care about what it looks like. I care about what it is. What's under the gold covering is as important to me as it's shiny outward appearance. And then I remember Jesus' words when he said in Mark 7, there's nothing outside someone who can, that can corrupt him. Only things that come from within a person can corrupt him. 
So for that entire day, as I chewed on this and I wrestled with this, God showed me some things inside that needed to be addressed. And in the process, I got a little more right with God, all because of the ritual of reading the Bible. Every person has some questions that are relevant right now, like, People sometimes ask, is my whole life planned out or do I have choices? Do I play a part in creating the future? Or if if God is so good, why is the world so messed up? Why is life so hard? Questions like, does good actually ultimately win over evil? Or how can I become the person that I was born to be? The answers to all of those questions are right here. In addition to questions, we also face challenges. We face losses through natural disaster. We face the difficulty of dysfunctional families and mental health and financial uncertainty and disease and death. The answer to how to face those challenges are right here. And in addition to questions and challenges, we also have dreams. Dreams like we want to meet the man or the woman who will love me completely and faithfully. We want to we, we dream about having a loving family. We dream about developing a meaningful, purposeful life to be free and secure and not afraid, to enjoy life, to leave a legacy. All of those dreams ultimately are about living a fulfilling life, and the answer to how to do that is right here. The Bible is our most critical tool for hearing God speak to us, to you, In fact, I would argue that you can't really get a clear picture of the voice of God in your life without this. So let me encourage you to put the spiritual practice, the ritual of Bible reading into your life. I read the Bible every day, usually in the morning, for about 15 minutes. But it's not exactly 15 minutes. It can be longer or shorter, depending on how God speaks to me and guides me along the way. Because I might get one verse in. And God might yell, hey, stop, read that again. We're just going to hang out here on this one verse today because I need to tell you something about you or about me or about the world or whatever. And in order for me to speak to you, Brian, you just need to stop right now and focus on this one verse. Then there are other days when, when I keep going, I might go longer. But the point is, I'm not in charge. I open this book to engage with the God who authored it so that I can hear from him, so that I can be better, so that I can be more right with him. You can do this. If you'll go to the Bible app on your phone or your device, you can go to Bible.com. You'll find all kinds of reading plans there, including the two-year plan that many of us at PCC are doing right now. Make Bible reading a part of the ritual of your life every day, And your life will be better because of it. Now, the Bible goes together with our next critical ritual, the ritual of prayer. Prayer is really easy to over-spiritualize, as if you have to do it the right way, with the right words and the right environment and the right clothing and the right posture. But just like we de-weirded the Bible, let's de-weird prayer. 
At its most basic level, prayer is simply a conversation with God. It's just a conversation with God. It's a dialogue. It's you talking and then God talking and then you talking and then God talking. He listens to you. You listen to him. That's what a conversation is. And this conversation doesn't require any strange preparation. It's, it's ongoing. And when we de-weird the thing, it's natural. In, in the Bible, the Apostle Paul put prayer in this perspective. He said, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will, as in you want to be right with God, rejoice, pray, give thanks. When? Uh, always, continually, and in all circumstances. My good friend Mike Gafford, who was a major spiritual influence early in my uh, young adulthood and in my spiritual journey, and is still part of our church today, you'll be talking with him, he'll be talking with you, and, and you'll be in a conversation, and you'll say something exciting, or you'll tell him something good that's happened in your life, and he'll just say, thank you, God. Just like that. My, my granddaddy, who, who led me to Jesus, he was such a critical part of my spiritual journey. He would say, right in the middle of a conversation, he would say, praise the Lord, if you told him something good. Those two men, they, they embodied for me this concept of rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. It's not like I would tell them something good, and they'd be smiling and excited, and then all of a sudden, the smile would leave, and they would go, let us pray. No. In, in those moments, th there was no bowing, there was no eye closing. It was like prayer was ongoing, like it was continual for them. Now, of course, of course, there are times, many times, when I close my eyes to pray, not because it's magic, but because for me it helps me remove distractions. And I usually bow my head and I, I remove my glasses when I pray because this position helps me remember the vulnerability I have before God. The, that God is the superior one in every way. And because of that, I submit to him. I do these, these posture parts of ritual for prayer. I do them for me because God doesn't need a reminder that he's superior. I do. And when I talk to God, I get rid of all the pretense that God needs some kind of special language from me. He doesn't. There's no magic formula. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's, it's about the relationship. It's about drawing near to God. Because James, in the Bible, he says that when we draw near to God, God draws near to us. So while prayer is ongoing, for me, there's also this ritual that is important. It's an important part of, of my ongoing conversation with God. And it goes like this. I try to begin every single day with a simple prayer acknowledging that that day came to me as a gift. I say something like, God, I woke up. You didn't promise me this day. You gave it to me as a gift. You entrusted it to me. So God, help me to use it well. Help me to do something good with it. Help me to reflect well on you. Help me to see you at work. Help me to finish this day able to say that I honored you with my words and actions. One more, one more ritual about prayer. 
I usually finish my prayer with the ritual phrase, in Jesus' name. And I do this because my prayer is not to some nebulous, mysterious, unknowable God. I'm praying to the one true God, the one who came in person, in the flesh. The Bible tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And Jesus himself said that whenever we ask in his name, that request will carry his power. So I want to remind myself, and I want to remind anybody that's around me when I'm praying, that the God I'm talking to is not the God of Islam or Buddhism or Hinduism or just some nebulous, mysterious universe. Though I respect people who think those things, but I'm passionate about the one who I believe is the one. So it is in Jesus' name that I pray. One last ritual to briefly mention before we get to one that we're going to do together today. I do try to read the Bible every day. I try to pray every day. But gathering together at this thing that we call church, that's a ritual we do once a week. And it is really important. By now, even if today is your very first day here, you know that we don't do the ritual of church like normal churches. And I want to make sure you hear me say, this is important at least to me, I respect and appreciate churches that are more what we would call liturgical. Uh, Their pastors sometimes wear robes, there are candles and hymnals and organs, and those churches are filled with people who love God just like I do. But regardless of the expression or, or what it looks like, gathering weekly for church is an important part of being right with God, but not for the reasons that some people think. Coming to church isn't about checking a box. In itself, God is not happier with those who come to church versus those who don't, simply by virtue of who attended. No, the purpose of church is more for our own need to connect with God and to do it together, even if we don't realize we have that need. The writer of Hebrews put it like this. He said, let us consider how to inspire each other to greater love and to righteous deeds, not forgetting to gather as a community. He's talking about church, as some have forgotten, but encouraging each other, especially as the day of his return approaches. Coming to church every week, it reinforces the placement of God in the center of my life. It inspires me to be better. It inspires me to live better. And every week, we hear from folks who heard from God because they were faithful to this critical spiritual practice of being in church every week. I heard from a family last Sunday after Pastor Elijah's message about a major change that they decided to make because they heard God speak that day at our church. Here, when we gather, we worship together, we pray together, we learn together, and we encourage each other to keep our lives focused on God no matter what is happening. So we've offered you a way to to commit to do this through what we call the 52-week challenge. I promise you, I promise you that if you commit to coming to church every week for an entire year, It will alter the course of your life in ways that you will see and feel and know and all for the better. Church is a game changer, and it's critical, and life is just too hard to do it without this ritual. So, we pray and we read the Bible every day. We come to church every week, and and then there are rituals that are 
They're potent, but they're performed less often, like the one that we're about to do together right now. Stay with me now because you need a little bit of backstory. The Jewish people back in the Exodus part of the Bible, they were slaves in Egypt. They had been under brutal oppression for 400 years, but God heard their cry and he rescued them through his servant Moses. The Egyptians would pay the ultimate price for their brutality. They would pay with death. Death would move through the land and would take every firstborn son, but death would skip any house that followed God's instructions. And his instructions were that every family was to kill a perfect lamb, what the Bible calls an unblemished lamb. And then after the lamb was slaughtered, they would wipe the blood of this lamb on the doorframe of the front door of their house. When death moved from house to house, it would pass over the houses where he saw the blood of the perfect lamb that had been slain. That's where the Passover meal comes from. And every year, from that day until this day for Jewish people, every year they would celebrate the deliverance. They would remember how God spared them from death by passing over their home because of the blood of the unblemished lamb and the sacrifice. Now, the night before Jesus died, it divinely happened to be the annual Passover meal. So he's sitting at a table surrounded by Jewish people who'd been celebrating this event with this meal for their entire lives. And Jesus is about to radically redefine it. The Apostle Paul writes this, he says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. With these words, Jesus made it clear that while the old covenant required the sacrifice of the perfect lamb every single year, the new covenant would require only the sacrifice of the perfect lamb, one time for all people. Jesus would now provide the way for death to pass over us, not because of what God did in Egypt, but because of what God does in here. Because it isn't just about the outside, but about the inside. About what God is doing that can't necessarily be seen, but will result for me in life that is fulfilling and ultimately everlasting and eternal. My rescue came through Jesus' broken body and his spilled blood so right now, we're going to do what Jesus told us to do. We're going to remember. Because before there was Easter, before the resurrection, there was crucifixion and death of the perfect sacrificial lamb. It was the death of the perfect lamb that led to life. And Jesus said we should never forget. So let's remember the night before Jesus died, he gathered around the table at the Passover meal. And he held up the bread and the wine 
and he gave thanks for it. Pray with me. We remember today, God, we pause to remember that because of the sacrifice of the one who was unblemished, we have a pathway to life. We remember that the cost was high, that you, Jesus, suffered and was tortured. You were crucified. You were humiliated. You were rejected. And yet you still willingly went all the way to the end so that we could have life. Thank you for your broken body and spilled blood for me. We pray in the name of Jesus, the one who made the sacrifice. Amen. And then Jesus said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. And in the same way, he took the cup and he held it up and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's do this together. Around the room at every physical campus right now are tables with bread and juice. And if you're online earlier, you'll remember we asked you to get uh, a piece of bread or a cracker and some juice or water. So I want you to go to a table or take your bread and juice right now and let's do what Jesus taught and let's remember right now. You'll eat and drink at the table if you're at a physical campus and then come back and we're going to celebrate together. Let's, let's do it right now. Oh, the perfect Son of God in all His innocence here walking in the dirt with you and me He knows what living is He's acquainted with our grief Man of sorrow, son of suffering Oh, blood and tears How can it be? There's a God who weeps There's a God who bleeds Oh, praise the one Who would reach for me Hallelujah to the son of suffering Some imagine you are distant and removed But you chased us down in merciful pursuit To the sinner you were grace And the broken you embraced in the end, the proof is in your wounds. Yes, in the end, the proof is in your wounds. Oh, blood and tears, how can it be? There's a God who weeps. There's a God who bleeds. Oh, praise the one. Reach for me, hallelujah, to the sound of suffering.
cross, my freedom, your stripes, my healing, all praise, King Jesus, glory to God in heaven, your blood still speaking, your love still reaching, all praise, King Jesus, glory to God forever, your cross, my freedom, your stripes, my healing, all praise, King Jesus, glory to God in heaven, your blood still speaking, your love still reaching, all praise, King Jesus, glory to God forever. church a part of your ritual just by being here. So continue that by celebrating Easter with us next Sunday. Invite a friend and we'll see you then.
Change your love. 